Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Monday, September 28th, 2021. And today will be better than yesterday. Producing from his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut is Taylor Schwenk. I'm Buster only working from my home in New York. And Taylor, it was a great weekend. Okay? Why is that, Buster? Why was it great? Well, because at the end, uh, on Friday, my 17-year-old son, who I think as he gets older, he gets more impertinent. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> you know, I thought he was supposed to basically just uh, you know, consider anything that I said as gospel, say as gospel. Right. He starts asking me whether or not my favorite football team, the Vikings, might be the first team in history to go 0-17, right? So that, <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, that was the conversation going into the weekend. Well, here's what happened on Sunday. Two receivers to each side of Cousins. Play action. Cousins throws to the right. Easy pitch and catch. And a touchdown for Justin Jefferson. A three-yard score. And the Vikings take the lead 20-17 to with 16 seconds to go. That's uh, from ESPN Radio. Yes, the Vikings have won 30-17. And yes, this is a baseball podcast, but I needed a moment to celebrate that. Let's talk about the good stuff that happened in baseball. How about the Milwaukee Brewers wrapping up the National League Central? Two outs. New York Nines. Eight, four Brewers. The stretch. The pitch. Swinging fly to left. This should do it. Yelich is there. It's over. They have won it. Josh Hader comes on. And it was really cool that Bob Uecker got to make that call. He was honored over the weekend. And thank goodness for Paul and McKitties, who talked me out of the St. Louis Cardinals pick to win the division, talked me into the Brewers pick. They were my pick preseason. You can look it up. Earlier in the weekend, the Tampa Bay Rays made it official in the American League East. Fairbanks ready the 0-2 pitch. Swing, and he popped him up. Will it stay in play? Choi into foul territory. Makes the catch in the Rays win. The Rays have gone back-to-back as AL East Division champs. They are once again the beast of the East, as they are your American League East 2021 champions. Dave Wills with that call. That was, I think he meant 2021. With that call, the Rays, I did not pick them to win the East before this season started. So great job by Tampa Bay. We'll be talking with Tim Kirchin about those two teams wrapping up. Nobody can beat the Cardinals these days. They were trailing 2-1, to one, top of the eighth inning in Wrigley Field, and this happened. And the pitch to Harrison is hit high in the air to left field. He got it again. Home run, Harrison Bader. He's tied it at Wrigley Field. Have a series, Harrison. His 15th home run of the year. So having tied the score, the Cardinals went on to take a lead. Here's what it sounded like in the bottom of the ninth. Now it's 0-2 on Ian Happ with runners at second and third, two outs. From the stretch, the pitch, a swing and a miss, a Redbird winner. And the Cardinals have won 16 in a row. 16 in a row for the St. Louis Cardinals. John Rooney with that call. 
uh, on the Cardinals radio network. Angel superstar Mike Trout acknowledged that a 2021 season was the most frustrating of his career because of a season-ending right calf strain suffered on May 17th, but he says he's in a better place mentally after deciding to shut it down over the weekend. In the National League East, the Braves trying to hold off the Phillies. And on Sunday, Pittsburgh shut out Philadelphia. Later in the day, in San Diego, this happened. Swung on, sliced down the right field line. Bear ball. That's going to hook all the way into foul territory and go into the corner. Peterson's at third. He's going to be waved home. Here is the throw. It's an overthrow by the right fielder. Gets away. Moving all the way around to third is Arcia. On the throw in in right field by Profar, who airmailed everybody, and then everybody on the infield started chasing the overthrow. Braves retake the lead. It's 4-3. Joe Simpson on 680. The fan, the Braves win the game 4-3. At the end of the day, Atlanta, a two-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies. More importantly, three games ahead in the loss column, and these two teams will be playing a big series coming up uh, later this week. It starts on Tuesday. The Dodgers and Giants both won on Sunday, so San Francisco's lead over L.A. and the National League West remains at two games. The Giants will start a home series against Arizona Tuesday, while the Dodgers will play host to the Padres, who were eliminated over the weekend along with the Mets. And in Fenway Park last night, the Red Sox and Yankees started the evening tied for first place in the wildcard race in the American League. It was two all. In the bottom of the seventh inning, Kyle Schwerber at the plate, D.J. LeMahieu dropped a foul pop for an error. And right after that, this happened. Swing and a ball popped in the air out towards shallow left field. Coming on is Gallup under it. It's off his glove. He dropped it. Schwarber racing for second. He'll be out, but in to score is Verdugo. And the Red Sox have taken the lead. Boog Shambi, the legend on ESPN Radio with that call. So extra chances sort of became a theme of the night. Well, Aaron Judge was at the plate in the top of the eighth inning, and this happened. Adovino kicks, deals. Swing and a ball popped up. Foul ground first base side. Dawback near the camera well, reaching, and he can't make the play. Yeah, he could have. Uh, he had a little bit more room to work. He didn't realize it, and the ball fell. Judge's at bat continued. Right-hander ready. And a one-two. Swing and a miss. And in and out of the glove and a foul tip, and oh. Vasquez couldn't hold it. And new life for Aaron Judge. Chris Singleton along with Boog Shambi with that call, and you could hear uh, Singy reacting to the ball coming loose. What happened was Christian Vasquez actually appeared to catch the ball, but as he transferred it to his bare hand, it fell to the ground. So Aaron Judge's at bat continued. Here's the pitch. Swing and a ball ripped out towards center field. That's going to touch down for a hit. Bang against the wall. In to score is LeMayhew. In to score is Rizzo. Judge into second. Slides in, pumps his fist, and the Yankees have a 4-3 lead. Next to the plate, Giancarlo Stanton. Stanton swings here and crushes one. Left field over the monster, over everything, and on the Lansdowne Street. And just like that, the Yankees have opened up a 6-3 lead. Stanton, late-stage power, strikes again. A moonshot to left, and the Yankees on top. And they would hold on to win 6-3, and at the end of the night, the Yankees 
lead the wild card race in the American League over Boston by one game. Boston's one game ahead of Toronto. Seattle and Oakland also in the mix. We're going to be talking about all that coming up with Tim Kirchin. Taylor, what do you got? Buster, they're very, very busy over in the 30 for 30 department because there is Once Upon a Time in Queens now available to stream on ESPN Plus and the ESPN app and a new 30 for 30 podcast in conjunction with The Undefeated. They present The King of Crenshaw, the four-part series that examines Nipsey Hussle's life, death, and legacy and how he impacted the sports world, particularly the NBA. Go check those out. 30 for 30 podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's code baseball. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it. They won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Seam heads rejoice. This is Timmy time. Baseball is the greatest game. With Tim Kirkson. It never disappoints you. On Baseball Tonight. Tim Kirkson covers baseball. I was going to open a segment today by talking about football. The Vikings winning and sticking it in the face of my son who predicted the Vikings would go to 0-17. But Tim, I just heard I'm having a couch delivered in 19 minutes. So you ready to go? Yes. Uh, you know, Mark Twain used to say there's no better feeling than having written. I, I would disagree on many levels. There is no better feeling when a delivery actually arrives. They set it up for you and they're done. That's a pretty good feeling. Absolutely. Well, then we, we got to get it done because they're going to be knocking on the tour any, uh, door anytime soon. Uh, let's give a tip of the cap to the Tampa Bay Rays. They win the American League East again. Uh, it's amazing. We've talked all year about the secret sauce that the Tampa Bay Rays have had. How dangerous are they are in your mind as we move forward? Uh, well, they're exceptionally dangerous. They're a really good offensive team. They pitch as well as anybody. They play defense as well as anyone. They use their roster better than anyone. Kevin Cash won the manager of the year last year, so he's not going to win this year, but how do you not give him a vote here and there for losing Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, and Tyler Glass now, and somehow cobbling together a pitching staff that is really good? I shake my head every time I look at the at the uh, Rays. I'm more impressed every year, and to win that division with those teams two years in a row, pretty darned impressive. 
All right, I got a beef with you. You said, you know, Kevin Cash is not going to win the manager of the year award. I would argue that he should be the manager of the year yeah, in the American I'm, League. I'm saying he should be. I'm saying he won't because, you know, Tony LaRussa, Alex Cora, Dusty Baker, somebody else is going to win it. And I'm not disputing they shouldn't win it. I'm saying Kevin Cash did the best job again because of everything that he lost and everything that he had to put back together. Buster, we got a lot of good young managers out there who have a clue here. Alex Cora, Craig Council, there's so many of them. But that guy's right at the top of the list because of just the way he deals with people and handles his players, learned it all from Terry Francona and is really good at this. I would tell you this, if in fact a lot of voters don't vote for Kevin Cash because he won it last year, then it would underscore to me that it's kind of a stupid award. Like, I, yeah. well, you wouldn't say, you wouldn't say, for example, well, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won the MVP this year, so he's not eligible next year. And I hope that's not how some of the voters feel, you know? Right. Yeah, that manager of the year voting, it's all based on the mistakes that we make in spring training, saying this team stinks. That's how Gabe Kapler's going to win, is we didn't think the Giants were any good. He's going to win for sure, and he should win. That's not the point. They win. You win manager of the year based on all the mistakes we made in spring training. That's a great way to look at it. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers wrap up over the weekend, and as dangerous as we think the Rays are, I think the Brewers – might really surprise a lot of casual baseball fans going into the postseason who might be thinking, well, Dodgers, Giants, I think the Brewers are incredibly dangerous. Yeah, they they really are. They're going to have to swing the bats a little bit better if they're going to win the World Series, but they can get there and they can win it still with those three starting pitchers and those two bullpen guys, assuming Devin Williams is okay. I mean, how anyone gets a hit off of Corbin Burns, I don't know. Brandon Woodruff is great. Freddie Peralta is great. Uh, any And in a short series, you can line up those three guys. It's amazing. So I have an NL MVP vote, Buster, and I can't talk about what I'm gonna, who I'm going to vote for because I have to keep it all secretive. But it's really interesting to start thinking about who is the Brewers MVP this year. You know, we talked all about Willie Adamas, how he changed that the, the look of that team when he arrived. But is it a pitcher? Is it is it Avisail Garcia? It's a really interesting question about who's the MVP of the Brewers who are winning that division easily. I'm just not sure it's easy to find the perfect MVP on their team. All right. I didn't know that you had the National League MVP vote, so I know you're not going to tell me your answer, but I'm going to drill down, listen for the tone in your voice, and ask you, who do you think's had a better year, Juan Soto or Bryce Harper? Uh, I think Juan Soto's had the better year and what what he's done lately is just absurd. It's ridiculous with no support in that lineup to speak of. Uh, and to be able to be that disciplined to take all of those walks. I mean, he, this is remind mindful of Barry Bonds who would get like one pitch per game to hit the rest were balls and he would hit the pitch into the water. It was, it's amazing what this guy is doing right now. I think when you look at that absurd on base percentage, uh, I think he's had the best year um, of any player in the National League, but his team didn't play a whole lot of meaningful games this year. So that that's going to add to the drama of and the, the mystery of what what's going to happen at MVP time. But I think he's been the best player in the National League this year. Well, and I do think that uh, 
because of that, uh, you know, all those questions, the, the voting is going to wind up being really scattered for National League MVP. It doesn't feel like that there's necessarily a consensus that's uh, brewing there. All right, Red Sox and Yankees played last night. The winner, uh, we knew going into the night, was going to lead the American League wildcard race. And it was kind of chuckling, Tim, because we had Alex Cora on the broadcast, or excuse me, on a Zoom call before the game. And I, you know, I asked him, hey, you know, what's it feel like in your clubhouse? Does it feel like, you know, third game in a series, you guys are trying to avoid the sweep, a uh, week to go, wild card race, you know, how does it feel different? And he kind of, and you know, Alex's uh, demeanor and his sense of humor, he, he smirked a little bit and then he started talking about, nah, you know, it feels like one out, one out of 162. There are guys in the clubhouse, they're uh, watching football, they're tracking their fantasy teams, they're going to go take batting practice. He said, just another Sunday. And I was like, no, that was not just another Sunday. What was your read on uh, last night and what the Yankees did over the weekend? Well, that was really impressive what the Yankees did over the weekend. And now they've won, you know, seven games in a row now. And Giancarlo Stanton had a weekend at Fenway that, you know, three three homers, 10 RBIs in a three-game series. The only Yankee that's ever done that was Mickey Mantle in 1964. Um, I really like what I saw about the Yankees. I mean, Jordan Montgomery is a much better pitcher than he was three months ago. Their bullpen is going to get reloaded this week with Jonathan Loisega and others. And and the Yankees have been the strangest team in baseball this year for me. I, I yep. haven't figured them out once. I counted them out three times. I've counted them in three times. I'm counting them back in now. I think they're going to make the playoffs again. And I just can't figure them out. I mean, they could hit a skid and be terrible this week. But I don't think so. I think they're starting to gain some momentum at the right time. And I think it was Glaber Torres moving back to second base that had a lot to do with this. I told you, Buster, two, three months ago, the talent evaluator said, I don't care what you do. Just get them off a shortstop. They'll be better. He'll be better. And the whole team has been better. But it's way more than that. Their pitching, their pitching is really good. As you noted yesterday, they lead the league in ERA. Most people don't realize that. Their pitching is good, and it's going to get better this week. Yeah, well, and uh, Loisega, as you mentioned, uh, expected to be activated for the series against Toronto on Tuesday. Domingo Herman was activated. Aaron Boone said before in our Zoom call that he's confident to use him in any situation. I suspect they probably will use him when they're behind to feel him out. And Luis Severino looks like he's a weapon. So two weeks ago when they faced the Mets on September 12th, they had to throw Clark Schmidt out there because they didn't have any pitching. And all of a sudden, late in the year, their pitching is coming together in there. Giancarlo Stanton, you said, amazing. Here was the sound of Giancarlo Stanton's at bat in the eighth inning against the Red Sox on Saturday with the bases loaded. With a pitch on the way. Swinging a high, high drive, deep left center field. Forget about it. It's going, going, and long gone. A grand slam on the first pitch to Giancarlo Stanton. And the Yankees, for the first time in this game, have the lead 5-2. to two. And boy, that was impressive. He's got 18 homers uh, since August 3rd. And I asked Aaron Boone, uh, Tim, before yesterday's game about, you know, for you as manager of the Yankees, where would you rank that moment? And he basically said he can't think of a bigger moment in a regular season game since he took over than Stan's home run on Saturday. Yeah, and obviously it's the venue, Fenway. It's the the opponent, the Red Sox. It's the the race that they're in. It's the whole season put together, and that was a stunning blow. 
because that looked like a losable game and everything changes when Stanton hits it where he did it over the, over that screen out there. That was ridiculous. Um, Again, if he swings it like he's swinging it now and swings it like he swung it in the postseason last year, suddenly this all or nothing Yankee lineup looks a whole lot better to go with the pitching. That's going to be much better. And the defense that's better with the new arrangement in the middle infield. Boy. And is he swinging with confidence uh, I, you know, that sequence on Saturday, we won't get into the specific parts of it, but the Red Sox made a pitching decision and Stanton was asked after the game uh, about the choice. And he basically said, well, when I saw them doing that, all I was thinking was the, they better get the guy out ahead of me, Anthony Rizzo, because I know I'm going to do damage. He has that demeanor about him right now. Like he knows he's going to do something. Tim, I, I asked him about that setup that he has at home plate where you can see as he closes his stance, he kind of lowers the bill of his cap a little a bit and stares out at the pitcher. And I, and I asked him, was that, is that the tunnel lock in on the pitcher? He goes, no, it's, he said, I kind of want to get back to uh, COVID times when there are no fans in the stands. I just want to block out the uh, fans. I want to just have it me against the pitcher. And it feels like with everything that he's gone through, you know, he's had the injuries, uh, he's had the inconsistencies, had so many boos at Yankee Stadium. In hearing Aaron Judge and some members of the Red, uh, the Yankees coaching staff, they feel like that all that scar tissue uh, has allowed him to get to this place where he's as good as he's ever been. Right. And again, their offense is devastating when he is right. And, you know, he had a ball on the inside. He had took a cutter on the inside part of the plate the other day in Boston and hit it over the right center field fence. Not many guys can hit a pitch thrown in that spot and be so strong on the inside with his hands out inside out and over the right center field fence. That's where he is right now. And it's breathtaking to watch. Aaron Boone said he is a unicorn and that at least once a game, he does something with his strength that makes Marcus Timms, the hitting coach for the Yankees and Aaron look at each other like, wow, nobody else has that, uh, as Aaron said, that club in their golf, uh, in their golf bag. Uh, It's funny because the Yankees obviously today have the momentum. They're a game ahead of the Red Sox in the wild card race. You got the Rays a game behind the Jays a game behind the Red Sox. You got the Mariners in Oakland still theoretically alive, but as we move forward, I think it's pretty clear that the Red Sox have the easiest schedule. They play the Orioles and then the Marlins. Uh, the Jays and the Yankees play in a series starting tomorrow night. So the Red Sox are you know, potentially going to gain on one of those two teams. The Jays, after facing the Yankees, they face the Orioles, who seem like everyone's get-out-of-jail-free card. <laughs> as we go down the stretch, Tim, you got any kind of a read on this race? Uh, clearly the Red Sox have the easier time, even though they're not playing at home again, you know, Orioles and Nationals, they have a chance to win all six of those games in theory. Uh, I'm just fascinated by the Yankees playing at Toronto with three, and then they play at home, the Rays for three. Now, what are the Rays going to be like during that series? We know the Rays aren't going to rest their regulars because they, they don't have any regulars, and they're all regulars, meaning the way they use their roster, uh, everyone gets a rest, everyone gets to play. So I'm just not sure that affects it. And if Toronto can have a great week against the Yankees the, in these three games starting tomorrow, then they get Baltimore at home for three games. I really like Toronto's schedule, but of course they have to take care of the Yankees first. So that's why this week is going to be 
really good. And I don't know about anyone else, but I'm hoping for a three-way tie on Sunday because then we get extra games on ESPN. And I'll probably get to call one of those, which is all that I want to do at this point. Nothing better than the last week of the regular season. Well, when uh, people ask us what we want to see in the postseason, uh, Tim, you're right. It's all about us. It is always all about us sure. and what we want to see. <laughs> right. I should mention, you know, Seattle is sort of hovering behind the three AL West teams. Their schedule coming up six home games. They get three at home against the Athletics. Uh, only one of those teams is going to survive that three-game series, you'd assume. Uh, and then three home games against the Angels. Uh, we'll see where that goes. All right, Tim, thanks for doing this. Uh, my couch is arriving. Great. Well, good luck with the couch. Thanks for today. I'll talk to you soon, okay? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority especially against nasty parasites. That's why you gotta check out NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. After the Yankees went over the Red Sox, I spoke with Yankee slugger Giancarlo Stanton. How would you describe what you guys accomplished this weekend? Man, uh, we want to do one at a time. We knew it was going to be tough coming in here uh, and trying to get three. So uh, we're just chipping away. I mean, this this game was crazy back and forth, um, a little sloppy at times, but uh, we, we were able to keep pushing and, and get it done. I was going to ask you that. What were the swings of emotion like in this game? Uh, it was a lot of back and forth, but you know we, we kept we kept the confidence, and um, that's what it's all about. I mean, there's a, a lot of things uh, in this game that seem like first timer sometimes, um, and as long as you keep the confidence, and we still got outs left, we got a chance to win. All right, describe from your perspective what it was like to hit that home run in the eighth inning. Whew, I, I was still hyped from Judge's at bat, man. He the, the, he came up huge. Um, so I was just trying to get him in and get, get a good pitch to hit. Since August 3rd, 18 home runs for you. Why so hot in your eyes? Uh, it's go time. I mean, the, the, this is what it's all about. This is the most important time. Um, and, yeah, just glad things are clicking. Last one. What's going to happen in the next week? Ooh, we got we – got, uh, we got some big games coming up too. I mean, everyone's uh, everyone's just as big now. So uh, we, we got through this one and a uh, huge series in Toronto coming up. Joe Carla, thanks for doing this. Yep, no problem. Before Sunday's game, Boog Shambi talked to the Red Sox manager, Alex Cora. 
Yankees at Red Sox. The Red Sox manager Alex Cora joins us. Let's start with this. This is the latest the Yankees and the Red Sox have met in the regular season with the same record since 2005. It's been a while, obviously a big-time rivalry, but this is kind of fun, right? These two teams and dead even. And I was part of 2005, now that you bring it up, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had to pitch... Kurt Schilling in game 162 to make it to the playoffs and then we pay the price against the White Sox but uh, it's fun man uh, just being able to compete against them uh, you know a great team great organization great atmosphere here here at Fenway this is what it's all about you know uh, before the season started uh, not too many people thought that these games were going to be yeah. were going to mean something to us and then to be able to make it here and be in this spot it's been it's great so what did people maybe not quite get about this group going into the season ahead of time? I believe uh, not too many people thought that our rotation was going to be solid. Uh, we, we, we felt like we were going to be okay. If, if you go through the names, you know, Martin Perez, veteran, yeah. Nick Pivetta, upside, uh, Gary Richard, uh, veteran and upside, right? Uh, Eduardo, we know about him. And obviously, Nate, and knowing that Chris was going to come in at one point, we felt like early in the season that they were going to give us five or six innings. And with our offense, we were going to be able to to win some ball games, and and they did. Um, you know, little by little, the bullpen did an outstanding job for an extended period of time. I think Adam was a great addition to our bullpen. Barnes was amazing, and uh, all of a sudden, when we look up, we we're in the middle of a race. What do you enjoy most about doing this job? We've gotten to work together on the other side of the microphone, but in seeing you back here doing this again, what do you, what do you like so much about it? Oh, man, that's a great question. And sometimes, you know, uh, you know, we, I used to take this for granted, right? Like, uh, I'm going to be here forever, and I made a huge mistake and, and paid the price last year, and I was out of baseball. And one thing I promised myself, I'm going to enjoy every moment of it, you know, with uh, – Christian Arroyo, Christian Vasquez, Enrique Hernandez, you know, like, yeah, the, what happens from 7 to 10 is intense, and but before that, we're going to enjoy each other, we're going to prepare, and uh, I think that's the most important thing that, <clears throat> you know, I still have that fire inside that on a daily basis, I'm going to prepare, you know, in my mind, better than anybody else, and at 7 o'clock, we're going to be ready to play. Bleacher Tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher tweets for a Monday. We have Andrew Stout up first at Thomas AC Stout. Okay, Buster. Our Cardinals have won 16 in a row. Do you think they can counter Taylor's 19 game losing streak? Uh, Orioles with a 19 game winning streak. I kind of feel like the Cardinals party here is overshadowing the uh, the Brewers clinching. How long do you think this goes for? Yeah, I, you know, I'm totally uh, discombobulated at the moment because I thought he's referring to your performance in the weekly quiz. Oh, when you said Taylor's 19 game losing streak. Do you think that might be what he's referring to? No, no. He's probably talking about the Orioles and mistaken and how many they lost in a row. Oh, yeah, yeah. OK. No, definitely well, not uh, that. And yeah. I was mistaken uh, as well. You know, so. I'll have to reconsider that and answer later in the week. But yeah. I, I thought you were talking about Taylor's failures. Mm, no, I don't think that's it, Buster. So let's move on and let's <laughs> talk about the Cardinals here. Stay on the ball. Katie Casey at Tweeter Bleats. It seems like another fun uh, burner account we have going here. Buster with the Cardinals essentially locked in for the second wildcard spot, could they look back on this winning streak and regret it if it extends too long like the Indians a couple of years ago? I, I, you know, I don't know if you can say it goes on too long. I will tell you that I talked with members of the Indians who felt like that after a while, that streak 
began to suck up some of the energy with the team. And so uh, they were kind of hoping that the winning streak would end so they could start to focus on the playoffs. I don't know if it had any effect on the team that year, but I bet you there'll be a little bit of that sentiment within the Cardinals organization. Like, you know what? Let's get all the conversation around the streak past us and start focusing on the teams we're going to play in the playoffs. That makes sense. Adam Wolf at Adam Wolf Horn writes in, hey, guys, so the biggest disappointment of this season is the Padres collapse. I've heard too many people say the players gave up, but please announce that athletes at this level don't do that. That being said, what happened and what now? No, uh, players do give up. Some players <laughs> do. I don't know. If, I don't know if the Padres did in right. this situation. I have absolutely seen players give up <laughs> a hot day. Uh, you know, a pitcher maybe having a bad day. I can remember a Hall of Fame hitter. I'm not going to say his name. I just don't think it's fair. But basically going up to bat and just saying the hell with it. I'm just going to swing out of my rear end and try to hit a home run. The pitcher realized it threw three balls up by his chin and the hitter just swung at everyone. It was a joke. He totally <laughs> gave up. Um, look, the, the Padres, I think what happened was is that they heavily used their bullpen early in the year and they were worn out by the time they got to midseason. Uh, you know, and I think that that's pitching coach, uh, Larry Rothschild paid the price for that, but I think that the responsibility for those decisions early in the year go way beyond him. Next up Louisville slugger at Ville underscore slugger six, despite all of the upcoming potential rule changes like ban on dis- defensive shifts, limited pitching changes, pitch clock, et cetera, et cetera, won't root the problem of the hitters all or nothing approach that still exists. Do you agree with that? No, uh, no, I don't think that will because, you know, left-handed hitters, for example, have been conditioned with the idea if they hit a ground ball into a shift, they're not going to get paid off. If shifts are banned and you start seeing some of those swings go through ground balls, I don't think hitters would be as focused on launch angle. And last one for today, Melvin Reveron at Reveron Melvin. Melvin calling back to, I believe something you talked about with, was it Tim last week? He writes in regarding the 78 game. I lived in Puerto Rico in 78, ran home from school, saw the game, but the local TV station lost the satellite feed in the bottom of the ninth inning. A local broadcaster said, yes, popped out to Nettles to end the game. Yeah, that was uh, my conversation with Matt Friscursion. And I talked about how I had skipped school that day to watch Red Sox and Yankees. And the cows broke out in the bottom of the first inning on our farm. And I had to, I lost two innings. Go get the stupid cows back. And so, Melvin, I feel your pain. That's classic. All right. Thanks for writing in, everyone. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. And please follow, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. That's it for today. My thanks to Tim, to Taylor, everybody else who uh, gave interviews to uh, the likes of Book Shambi over the weekend. My thanks to Giancarlo Stanton. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus Chews provides one and done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews.